Welcome to episode number 208. You are listening to the Pioneering Today podcast with me, your host, Melissa K. Norris. And this is the place where you get inspiration and practical steps to raising your own homegrown food, preserving it, natural living, and modern homesteading, no matter where you live. Today's episode is a fun one because a lot of the things that we're finding out that the pioneers did with the benefit of modern science, we're finding that a lot of the things that they used, that they cooked with, and just the way that they lived their life has some amazing health benefits that is now backed by science. And that's what we're going to be diving into in today's episode. And one of the reasons that I am so passionate about this is one, I just happen to love homesteading, all of the things that goes with it. I jokingly say I may have been born a century too late, but that's not really the case. I know that the good Lord put me right here in this time because I can help you and we get to reach others with this podcast and the internet and still practice a lot of these old fashioned traditional skill sets so that they aren't lost with our modern age. But my health was, I have to say it miraculously because it was a miracle to me when modern medicine completely failed me and my quality of life. And by using whole foods and switching over my diet, going to unprocessed, organic, no GMOs, and really just changing my diet truly was life-changing. I was able to get off prescription medications that really weren't doing anything anyways and heal my stomach and my esophagus. I had stomach ulcers and I actually had my stomach and my esophagus biopsied, which if you haven't listened to that episode, I won't go into the full details of it here, but I will provide that in today's blog post that goes with today's episode where we'll have the full written blog post of everything we talk about today, as well as additional resources and links to help you further. And I will link to that previous episode as well. But because I personally know the power of eating these more traditional foods and going back to this way of growing and eating, I'm really excited to offer you today's episodes and all of the information that goes with it. Now, to access, as I said, any of these resources and or links to further things that we're talking about, you can do that at melissaknorris.com forward slash 208. So the number 208, because this is episode 208. Okay, let's get straight to today's episode. It's not very often that we have a repeat guest back, but I am so excited to welcome Michelle Visser from Solely Rested back to the podcast. So Michelle, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I was thrilled when you asked. So thanks a lot. Yeah. So it's been almost, I think almost two years actually, since we chatted here on the podcast and we're coming back with one of my favorite topics, and mainly because I don't know as much about it, but I, the more I learn, the more intrigued I am, and just the more fascinating that I find the whole thing. And of course, my pioneer loving heart and your old soul, we just meld so well together. So we're talking about maple syrup there, again, to soap for you guys. And what I think is so cool about maple syrup is we look back in our past, and I know many, you know, many of you know this, and we've kind of touched on this in some previous episodes, but really when you look back at the pioneers, a lot of them 
didn't have the ability to grow sugarcane and they didn't use our refined sugar and even, you know, organic evaporated cane juice that still has some of the molasses in it, uh, like we do now. So a lot of their sweeteners were things that they could produce from their own land. And so, of course, there was honeybees. So honey was one option. But maple, especially obviously where maple trees would grow, was something that they were able to grow and they used a lot more of than we do in our modern cooking. So I'm really excited to dive into this topic even more with you today. And you found some fascinating things that they didn't know back in the day that we do have the benefit of science right now for. And so I'm really excited to talk about all of this, especially for those who not only love the old ways, but are interested in the health benefits at the same time. So Michelle, tell me why your family uses the maple syrup instead of using, you know, regular refined sugar, or even some of those better organic options that aren't as quite as refined as regular white table sugar. Walk me through that. Yeah. Well, mainly it comes back to exactly what you were saying. And you, you like stole the words out of my mouth, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> Sorry about it's that. It's amazing that we have this the exact same process, I mean, for the most part, that they used 200 years ago, that we're pulling this sap out of trees, boiling it and making syrup. In fact, backyard sugar makers pretty much are using the exact same procedures. The high-tech sugar shacks now have more high-fangled ways of doing it, but it's still pretty much the same it was 200 years ago. But we have the science now to realize what our grandparents had no idea about that this is like one of the best sweeteners you could ever use. And it's amazing the more that science is finding out, like all the time. I was talking to a chemist not long ago in Canada and her findings blew me away. So we'll get to that. So I don't want to like, you know, just jump right into all that right away. <laughs> but it's just, that's why we eat maple syrup because why not? Why have something that's been so processed that it has nothing good for me in it if I can have this all natural choice that's loaded with all these great things. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when we think about not using refined sugar, uh, which a lot of people, it, I'm so excited to see that it's becoming more and more norm. And I, I hate to use the word trending because it just sounds weird. But really, I feel like as a society as a whole, even outside of the homesteading fringe or the old fashioned, you know, vintage uh, souls like you and I, that even mainstream society is beginning to realize the benefit of using, you know, non-refined sweeteners. And most of the time, a lot of people just naturally go to thinking about using honey and especially raw honey, because that has some great properties. But when we're talking about cooking and baking, baking can destroy some of those things. So can you kind of walk through a little bit of the difference between using honey and maple syrup and why I don't know that necessarily one is better than the other. Maybe you're going to, maybe you're going to educate me on that. Um, but kind of, you know, why maple syrup, it should be one that we're considering when we're looking at using the, you know, um, non-refined sweeteners. Well, yeah, for one thing, it, honestly, it comes down mainly to calories for me when you compare honey to maple syrup. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. That's a number, not a number I've memorized, but it's not a lot when you're looking at tablespoon to tablespoon. But when you're looking at baking with it and you're using a whole half of a cup or even a whole cup, it's a lot. It's a big difference of the different calories you're consuming if you use maple versus honey. Now, I'm not knocking honey. We actually have an apiary. We have hives ourselves. 
I love honey. In fact, we grow a ton of sunflowers here on our homestead. So we have sunflower honey. It's delicious. So trust me, I use both maple and honey. But if I have to choose, I would definitely go with maple. I love the process of making it better. And I love to taste a little bit better. And it has less calories. Okay. Well, I love hearing about less calories. And what I found, not just, and you have some great graphics that you shared with me and some information, but what I thought was really interesting is not just less calories, especially when we're talking about using regular sugar versus maple syrup, but it actually has less grams of carbs, which for people who are looking at keeping their carb count low, that's pretty exciting, especially when you're looking at that glycemic index. And if you have anybody who's pre-diabetic or perhaps diabetic or is just really trying to be conscious of that, maple syrup really shines. Do you want to kind of walk us through that part? Absolutely. Um, maple falls pretty well on the glycemic scale. Basically, foods that fall under 55 um, on the scale are considered better. If someone has diabetes, you still have to be very careful. Um, and you have to, you know, watch your intake closely. But if you are diabetic and you just really are craving a sweetener, by the way, I'm not diabetic. I think I would probably go insane because I can't imagine <laughs> worrying about my sweetener. I really feel so bad for a few friends who have to always be thinking about that. But it's great to know that this all natural alternative does fall low on the diabetic, you know, on that um, glycemic scale. And it's a better choice. Um, it comes in. Uh, 54, I had to think about it. Honey is 58 and refined sugar is way up at 65. So a diabetic can't even think about, you know, refined sugar, but, but maple in a small quantity is something that they can do. I love that. And now with maple, so there's maple syrup and there is maple sugar. So are we talking when it's in the syrup form or when it's even, you know, cooked down to when it starts to get into that granule sugar form? Or is this the stats for syrup itself? Well, that's for syrup. You know what? I've never even thought about that. I have no idea, Melissa. I need to like go ask a scientist. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> okay, <I laughs> if <was> sugar falls, <laughs> I don't know. Does sugar fall in a different area if it's processed down to sugar than it would if it was syrup? Great question. I don't know. Okay. Well, if anybody is listening and you do know, then you have to let us know in the comments because now Please. I'm super curious because I've used both. Um, I use maple syrup more just because it's easier for me to get actually is maple syrup. But I know that you can further process that down and actually make from the syrup maple sugar. It's more concentrated because we're evaporating even more of the liquid than you do for syrup. So I'm assuming that it would be like if it was a cup of the actual maple sugar where it's in its more granular form, like regular sugar, because it's concentrated, I would think that it would have to have more um, because it's concentrated than the maple syrup, but I don't actually know. So anyways, just yeah. fun, fun thought there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So talking about syrup and maple syrup, now you guys, you have maple trees, so you are able to tap yourself, which I absolutely love. But if you're not able to tap your own maple trees and you're purchasing your maple syrup, what are some things that people should know about? Well, the first thing is you absolutely want to make sure it's 100% all natural maple syrup. It's kind of amazing the things that 
people will market and sell and it looks like it's maple syrup until you closely look at the label and you realize it's just maple flavored. But if you have all natural, 100% maple syrup, you really can't go wrong. But even then, if you're really looking for the best, I highly recommend finding a single source producer. And it doesn't have to be someone local. You know, with honey, I always recommend buy local because you want to be able to have the allergens to help you if you have any allergy problems in your local honey. That's not the case with maple. You can source it from anywhere. But what I do highly recommend is going to someone that's a single source producer. So in other words, it's literally being made at that sugar shack. They're putting it in bottles and they're selling it. Versus if you go to your grocery store, in some areas of the country, you can buy, we can here, you can buy maple syrup in your regular grocery store. Or maybe you can go to like a big box wholesale store and get it maybe even in bulk and it will be a better price. And there's nothing wrong with it because it's 100% maple syrup. But the crazy thing is that syrup in that jug that you pull off the shelf at Costco, <laughs> shelf, <laughs> that you pull off the shelf at Costco um, could be sourced from 482 different producers across the country because they, they ship giant barrels of sap. And they also ship giant barrels of syrup in both states in post conditions all across the country to different people who are then bottling it and selling it for the big producers. So it's still genuine syrup made from real tree sap, but it's been processed slightly different. Some folks might be filtering it differently. They might be using different um, RO setups, which stands for reverse osmosis. Some might be using different wood to fire it. And all that's okay, but like if you find one that you love the taste, you're going to find it varies if you go somewhere else, if that makes sense. So when you get it from a big box store, it's, it's a conglomeration and it's just never going to be as tasty and delicious, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, that is actually really interesting because my hand is raised here. Like I almost feel bad for raising my hand. I know you can't see it y'all, but it is raised (laughs) (laughs) and I get my, like you said, it's a hundred percent. No, you know, additives in their maple syrup. And I do get it from Costco. Now I live in Washington state, um, in the Pacific Northwest. And so we don't have very many sugar maple. I don't know if we have any sugar maples, uh, just growing, I should say, you know, just kind of naturally as some people may have planted them. And it's something I've been on like my to-do list and I just never quite get there <laughs> to plant some sugar maples right. here. You know what you do have, you know what you do have out in the Pacific Northwest, you have big leaf maple. We do. And that's something you can look into because they are wonderful for tapping. They make delicious syrup. I've actually had big leaf maple syrup. It's delicious. And so I did not realize, now I know with honey, because wherever the bees, depends on what they're getting their nectar from. Like you said, you guys were doing the sunflowers and that definitely changes the flavor of the honey you know, whatever the, the bee is getting the mm-hmm. blossoms from. But I didn't realize that you would get different flavors of your maple syrup. I don't know why. Um, if you said like, Absolutely. yeah, so I find that really interesting. Now, do you find the big leaf maple syrup versus sugar maple, just a different um, flavor or depending upon the type of maple that you have been tapping from to then make the maple syrup do you think that feel like that changes the flavor as well it all definitely changes it to be honest i'm not really picky about my maple syrup so i have trouble saying oh i like this one better than that one um but the big leaf maple i've had actually a sweet reader out that lives in out near where you do um 
sent me a couple jars and they were infused, which is a whole different story, which we don't even need to get into all that, but they were infused. One was lavender and the other was vanilla. So I can't really tell you unadulterated how to, com- I can't compare it. I haven't had big leaf that didn't have the infused flavors, but it was absolutely delicious. I can tell you that. <laughs> okay. I love the idea. Now I love the scent of lavender, but I'll be honest. I don't like the flavor of lavender, but now the vanilla mm-hmm. with the maple now. Oh yeah. my goodness. Like, oh, and we're just at the yeah. time of this recording, we are not technically fall yet. We're in the middle of September, but I just had to build a fire because it's pouring down rain. And this time of year, when it starts to turn, I'm like so ready to bake. And so now that we're talking about vanilla maple syrup, my mouth is literally watering. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it does that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I did want to circle back around before we get, because I do want to dive into a little bit more about the different types of uh, maples and stuff that we can get. Obviously, our maple syrup from is going to be a maple tree. But when you have chatted, as you said, you got to talk with some different scientific experts and different, the properties of maple syrup. And I know we touched on obviously the glycemic index and it having less calories than a lot of other sweeteners, but is there any other um, things that we need to know, like, you know, health property wise about maple syrup where it really shines over some of the other options? Absolutely. It actually, Melissa, the more that I dug deep into this, the more it blew me away. I got to the point that when I was writing my book, Sweet Maple, I got to the point that I had to, I realized it had to be an entire chapter. I've devoted an entire chapter just to the science behind the syrup because it's mind boggling. And like I said, they're literally discovering new things all the time. In fact, there haven't been a lot of studies done on the properties of maple syrup like they have with honey, for instance. That has been studied a ton and they know a lot about it, but maple syrup for some reason, I don't know why, it just hasn't really been delved into a lot. Um, Like I said, there's some scientists in Canada that I've spoken to and one of them in particular, I was fascinated. She found a ingredient that she extracted from maple syrup that has actually been shown to fight superbugs. Really? So it's literally, isn't that crazy? And it's yeah. improving. Well, I mean, this is brand new. Like this is like cutting edge science, but their goal, what she was telling me was, is to take this extract and put it in um, a, something that will be given to somebody when they're taking their antibiotics. I don't know if it'll be pill form or maybe, you know, whatever. Okay. And it actually increase, increases the effectiveness of the antibiotic, possibly as much as like 90%, she was saying. So this whole problem of superbugs could be a thing of the past, thanks to one property that's been extracted from maple syrup. That is fascinating. And because we do know that honey has antibacterial properties and, and different things like that that can be of healing nature too. But I did not know that maple syrup did. So that is, that's actually really exciting. And I love that there are scientists that are actually looking at different natural elements to help and to put into, you know, mainstream and to use. But the beauty of that is we can, we can tap and extract it ourselves. Now, not necessarily pull out that exact piece of it. That, that exactly. We she to. did caution me. She did caution me. I could not put anything in my book that made it sound like drinking maple syrup is going to help you with your antibiotics because it's not, you know, you really do have to extract this one component of it, but it's just crazy to know that. But as far as when you are eating it, I can tell you, first of all, you're definitely getting antioxidants. 
I mean, we've known for a while that plant-based foods are the best source for antioxidants. And of course, maple syrup, you know, duh, it comes right from the tree. So it's teeming with antioxidants. And some of them, this I found amazing, are found so far that science, as far as they know, some antibiotics that you find in maple syrup are found nowhere else in nature. Hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. And also it's considered a functional food. Now, you probably are totally versed on this. This was something new to me. I had to like look this up after one person was telling me how it's a functional food because I really hadn't thought about it. But basically functional foods offer us more than just basic nutrition. And in order for science to agree, yes, we can give food this label, it has to have some other positive effect, you know, like for instance, oatmeal, because oatmeal has fiber in it, then it helps lower our cholesterol. So everybody says, okay, oatmeal is a functional food. Right. Um, there's other examples like maybe orange juice that you get at the store that has been fortified with calcium. That's considered a functional food because it now has calcium to improve your bone health. But of course, that has been altered or modified in some way. But for multiple reasons and without any fortifying, maple, 100% maple syrup is a functional food. So when you're using maple syrup like to glaze your meat, make a meat glaze, or you're putting on your pancakes, you're putting it in your coffee, you're adding essential vitamins and minerals to your diet that you're not going to find in other sweeteners. It also is immune boosting. Maple syrup is full of um, polyphenols and that improves. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So that improves our body's ability to fight off, you know, different um, problems. Um, I did not realize. Yeah, I didn't realize that it had the polyphenols in it. That is pretty awesome. Okay. Isn't it awesome? So, you know, you have a cold and it kind of makes sense. Just like you crave, um, you know, grandma's chicken noodle soup when you have a cold. I personally, I crave to have some maple syrup in my warm tea if I'm not feeling well, you know, Mm -hmm. and it makes sense. My body knows that there's something in there helping me. Just touching base background on the functional foods thing too. Like I love that. And like you said, some things that they're classifying functional foods, they're not really in their natural and or whole state. Now oatmeal is in it's pretty much its whole state. But you know, when I think of functional foods, orange juice has been fortified with calcium. It might technically be by science standard a functional food, but in my home setting heart, that's not really what I would, you know, consider. I it. agree. And so I'm I glad agree. I, when you, when you, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you said that because I'm like, Ugh. but you know, it is when we're looking at it, and you and I, and I know if anybody who's listening to this podcast, we tend to look at things more from the whole food standpoint where it's not really been altered what we consider our functional foods. But I think that the more functional foods that we can put into our diet, obviously, just the better foundation of health we're giving our body and our, you know, our system um, that we possibly can. So I love that maple syrup because when you think about sweeteners, I mean, honestly, usually we love sweeteners for the taste, but especially when we're looking at, you know, looking at you, sugar, I'm sorry, (laughs) Uh, regular sugar, (laughs) it's not offering our body anything. In fact, it's damaging our body. And I do still eat some regular sugar. So don't think I'm talking to you like from a purist thing, because I, I'll be, I oh, buy, me too. you know, I buy organic evaporated cane sugar, so it's not quite as processed, exactly. but it's still processed and, and we do still use it, but you know, it does cause, I know I won't get off on too much of a tangent here, but you know, it has inflammation, causes inflammation and there's other things that it does and breaks down cells in our body, not in a good way. So when you've got a sweetener option, I didn't realize all of that about maple syrup. So I'm trying not to kind of geek out here, but I totally am. <laughs> So I'm so I know that's how I was for a month. Yeah. 
as I'm writing this book for months, I drove Bill, my husband, insane because I'm like, oh my gosh, wait till you hear what I just found out. I just, <laughs> he's like, enough, Michelle. You don't have to do a commercial. I eat maple syrup. You know? <laughs> but it's, it, I had to just tell him, you know, and until the book is just about to be released. So I'm finally like so excited because I feel like I've kind of been holding this all up inside, you know, and it's been driving me a little crazy. So I'm so excited to get it all out there. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm excited to put it in. I'm going to try it in my coffee. I, you know, I, I've done honey in my coffee. I don't know if I've ever done maple syrup in my coffee. I don't know why. But right now I'm like, oh, that sounds just divine with maybe a little bit of like pumpkin spice sprinkled on top. Ooh, yeah. In fact, when I mean, we get to recording, like I said, I'm, honey yeah. is delicious. But honey's delicious, but for me, there's just maple is just this warmer, deeper flavor, you know, especially this time of year, especially in the fall. Yeah, I think especially going into fall and with the holidays coming up. Yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah. So sorry, I did not mean to interrupt you. We were on. Oh, that's okay. Holly, I have an, I have more. I can okay, keep going. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a few more because okay. I'm like jazzed. Okay. I got more for you. Okay. So it's prebiotics. Did I mention that? I don't think I got to prebiotics. I think that's where I interrupted you. So go, girl. Okay. So <laughs> let me get back up on my soapbox. <laughs> um, so scientists, you know, I told you they're always finding new things. And I kid you not, Melissa, the more that they research it, I think we're going to really, I, I don't, I, I think we're going to want to get rid of all other sugars at some point, <laughs> the more that they find out about maple syrup. But scientists have discovered this complex carbohydrate, it's called inulin in maple syrup. And inulin is a natural fiber that's a prebiotic. So when we are, you know, eating anything that's a prebiotic, it's helping us digest the nutrients, right? And it's synthesizing the vitamins that we're eating. It even helps manage our weight, which I think is mind-boggling that you could be eating a sugar that has prebiotics in it that actually are counterbalancing slightly. Don't get me wrong. You cannot, you can definitely eat too much maple syrup. You know, I will not deny that. But to think there's prebiotics in there that are counterbalancing a little bit and helping you manage your weight. What a great thing that is. Um, and even, you know, prebiotics make our bones stronger. Prebiotics help us fight carcinogens. They keep, they even keep our brain healthy, which when I had loved ones that were fighting Alzheimer's and I'm reading about this, I'm, I, I wanted them to like eat more maple syrup, you know, because any little thing you can do to help with brain health, that's fantastic. It is fantastic. I didn't realize that I had the inulin in it. I'm familiar with that. I just, I obviously I never dug into the research and I didn't realize that that was in maple syrup. That's awesome. Well, and it's, it's kind of hard to find. It's, there isn't a lot out there, like I said. So it's not like you can just do a quick search and find everything, the long list of what's in maple syrup. It just it doesn't work that way right now. So hopefully it'll get to that point. But, um, so not only is it prebiotic, but it's also probiotic. Um, Probiotics are, you know, live microorganisms that are the good bacteria for our gut. And yeah. to think that that is in the maple syrup, wow. I mean, I've been fermenting, you know, drinks. I've been making kombucha. I've been making switchel for years. And I love sourdough bread mm. and yogurt. So I've been fermenting, you know, for a long time. So I'm adding those probiotics to my diet anyway, but I had no idea that there's probiotics naturally in maple syrup, even promoting my heart health, you know, and helping improve my skin even and helping reduce depression and just improve my overall digestive health. 
yeah, I'll take that bonus. <laughs> yeah. And the more diverse our gut microbiome is, which is what, uh, you know, our gut is where your immune system, so much of our health they're finding is actually in our gut. And a lot of modern society are not eating foods that have probiotics and prebiotics, but especially the probiotics, which help sustain the gut microbiome and that good bacteria. Um, a lot of the foods that we eat that have been highly processed actually are not uh, friendly to those things. So having that good diversity, because, you know, we have, you know, your yogurt um, that has one or, you know, a couple different strains, sometimes multiple strains, depending on what it is, of the different good bacteria. And then you've got, you know, kombucha that has a different type in it. And then you've got, you know, your sauerkraut, and your different fermented uh, vegetables that way that then have different strains. So the more diversity that we can enter into our gut to support that is so important for our health. Um, and so I love that maple syrup is going to bring in a different strain so that we've got even more diversity. And it's just completely natural. We don't actually have to do any, which I don't mind doing the fermenting. Um, I actually enjoy it for the most part. They're, it's pretty simple once you get it down. But I love that I can add yeah. this in without the extra work of making sure, you know, it's going through its different fermentation stages and that type of thing. So that's awesome. Exactly. I'm with you. We do sound like a commercial for maple syrup, right? <laughs> I know. I mean, I feel like my life has become that. I know. And also, it has properties. It's a simple word. Don't you hate it when those simplest words? <laughs> I can get polyphenolic, but I can't think of properties. Um, it has polyphenolic properties um, that, you know, just actually, it's one tablespoon. I have to look this because I want to get it right. One tablespoon of maple syrup has 20 milligrams of polyphenol. Okay. So sugar is inflammatory, but maple syrup is anti-inflammatory. So that's fascinating. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Exactly. Researchers have found special properties in maple syrup that are definitely anti-inflammatory. So, you know, instead of feeling like you have to take ibuprofen, maybe adding a few tablespoons of maple syrup to your coffee might have a similar effect, you know. Especially if you're swapping, if you were using, you know, regular table sugar or the, you know, sweetened with different sugars type store-bought creamers, um, which I won't even talk about right. because those just make me cringe, but <laughs> with their ingredients, <laughs> you know, as we're talking about all, all of these health properties, and this is just in one food. I mean, this is in maple syrup, which is pretty cool. But when you think back to our ancestors and the pioneers and the homesteaders of old, and granted, you know, they didn't have. Um, you know, a lot of them did unfortunately die from things like, uh, you know, infections. So antibiotics have their place in modern medicine. I'm not trying to discount that. But when you think about all of the newer diseases and not just the newer ones, but it feels like an epidemic of the different diseases that we have now when we have all of this tech and stuff. And then when you look back then when it didn't seem that we had, and I don't think it was just um, diagnosis, like we just, well, we can diagnose things better now. I, that is true, but I really feel like where we're at in society now, that we have way more diseases like cancer and, um, you know, and, and things like autism and things that we did not have the same scale of, you know, 50, 60 years ago. And I don't think it's just better being able to diagnose it personally. Now, this is my own personal opinion. So take that with a grain of salt. I'm not trying to come from a, a medical professional type um, thing with this statement. But I have to wonder if it was because 
they were eating these types of foods that have all of these benefits as a much larger mainstay of their diet without the processed junk that general society eats on a more frequent basis today. I agree. And I think it comes back to straight out of nature. We're not doing any processing. We're not adding anything to it. Well, except for a vanilla bean, maybe. <laughs> but um, we're <laughs> directly from nature, the way food was intended. And that's when we're going to get back to the whole foods that have these properties that, like I said, we don't even know all the wonderful properties that they have in them. We're just discovering more and more all the time. Yeah, that is super. I'm so excited that we got to talk because I learned so much I didn't. Like I said, I as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to brew a cup, my second cup of coffee for the day, and I am putting my maple syrup in there. I, I'm so excited. <laughs> but um, I do, I do want to give the listeners some more info than, than hearing about me going to put the maple syrup in my coffee. Um, and so um, when we are looking at different types of maple trees that are tappable to make our own syrup, can you kind of walk us through that? Because mm-hmm. I've got listeners from all over, so they can kind of know what they can look for, uh, where they live, and, and how much variety there is actually out there that we can get maple syrup from. Absolutely. It was really important to me when I wrote Sweet Maple that it was a book that was useful to everyone, not just folks who are living in New England like I am. And I really wanted to inspire people around the world even, that they can find an appropriate tree and they can make syrup from it. Um, Basically, well, in Sweet Maple, I've I've listed out 30 different varieties of trees that are productive, I know, for making syrup. Um, But basically, it boils down to, (laughs) no pun intended, (laughs) um, it boils down to <laughs> the the ones that are going to be the most productive and the ones you want to look for first are going to be, of course, the maple family, but also folks don't know the birch family and the walnut family are both great ones to look for some of those trees that you could tap. Now, mind you, you're going to need a lot more sap because a birch tree, you're going to need about 110 gallons of sap to make one gallon of syrup. Wow. Versus the maple, I know. I mean, maple's bad enough. With the maple, you need roughly 40 gallons of sap to make one gallon of syrup. Okay. So it is a lot more collecting from a birch tree. A walnut tree is better. It, it falls, you know, it's more productive, but um, not nearly as good as the maple. And it, it, with a walnut tree, you do have a problem that you have a higher level of pectin in it. So I have, I have readers often reaching out to me like, what the heck is this? I tried to make walnut syrup and it's like jelly. Well, yeah, that's because it is kind of jelly. (laughs) You have to, and the book breaks it down and tells you how, but you have to really make sure you get that pectin out if you're tapping a walnut tree. I'm all excited because I'm like, you could use that as your sweetener to then make your jam and jelly and you've got that pectin like already in it. It's possible. It's true. I've never, I should ask, I should have asked some readers, can you ship that to me? Let me try. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> because totally I've never, intrigued. I don't know. Yeah. I bet <laughs> it could be. Good. In fact, I don't waste anything in our whole sugar making process because a lot of people say that they hate the fact that niter develops, which is just the minerals that have been collected in the sap that have, when you boil off the excess water, you wind up with this excess amount of minerals sometimes. It depends on so many factors, but sometimes in the year, certain trees are going to have more of this niter in your syrup and people will complain about it. But I'm like, 
you know what? I really don't mind if I get nitre in my syrup because it's fantastic for baking. It's like this thick, creamy, um, I mean, you wouldn't want to eat it by itself because it's not, it doesn't taste as good as maple syrup, but I, I totally use it for making cookies and cakes. Like I don't waste a drop of it. So I'm with you. The walnut pectin jelly stuff might be really good. <laughs> yeah, I'm very intrigued by that. I do have a question when you're tapping your trees. And yeah. so those of you who've tapped before, if you're listening, you're like, girl, you don't know anything about this. And you're absolutely right. I don't never tapped one. And so, <laughs> but obviously it doesn't kill the tree, but does it weaken it by us harvesting the sap or we're only doing it during a specific amount of time? So we're not stealing, for lack of a better word, the sap. I mean, does it have any negative effect on the tree at all? Great question. I go into that in a good bit of detail in the book, but basically there are certain practices that you do want to follow. And I outline that as well. Um, If, if you're not concerned about the health of the tree for whatever reason, I, first of all, I wouldn't be your friend, but that's okay. (laughs) But if you're not concerned about the health of the tree, you can still tap it willy nilly, however you want. And you'll get a productive amount of sap for many years, but it is going to kill the tree over time if you don't follow these safe regulations that they've developed in the sugar making world. Okay. And if you follow these, and basically it's a matter of kind of going in a circle around the tree as the years progress. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get back around to the area you were in, you're also up higher. So you circle around and upwards. Okay. And if you do this in the right manner, no, you are not going to hurt the tree. You're going to you're going to have generations after you still tapping that tree if you do it correct. Okay, good, good. I had never really considered that before, but when we were talking, I'm like, hmm, I wonder. Okay, mm-hmm. so when we talk about, and I know we, we talked about the birch, I believe someone told me as well that you could tap alder too. You could do birch and alder. Is that true? I think, let me, let me grab a copy of Sweet Maple here and look <laughs> up. I think... <laughs> Because I don't have them all memorized. Box elder. But I don't, you said birch elder? Is there such a thing? No, no, no. Just alder itself. The alder tree? Oh, alder tree. No. You know, if it is tappable, I would love to know that. Because in my research, that is not one that I found anyone tapping it or found record of it being tapped. So if you know somebody, please send me a message later because I want to talk to them. <laughs> okay, I'll have to see why I'm thinking that somebody told me that. I'll see if I can find it and we'll do so. But okay. um, so we did talk about obviously the birch for sure, <laughs> the maple and the yep. walnut. Um, but within yep. the maples, like we were talking big leaf maple and then there's obviously sugar maple. Within the maple trees, is there, is it, my understanding is that the sugar maple just gives you either more sap or because it's sweeter, then you can get more syrup out of less sap. Is that correct? That's what it is. Yes. In general, you're going to get about 40 gallons of sap per one gallon of syrup with the, with the sugar maple because it has a slightly higher concentration of sugar than your other maples. But all of the maples fall really high as far as percentage of sugar to, you know, in the sap. So if you can find any maple tree whatsoever, I highly recommend tapping it. Um, but if you if you have a let's say for some crazy reason you have hundreds and you only want to tap let's say fifty, then I would go around and find the fifty sugar maples because they are definitely the most productive, and you'll use less fuel whether it's wood or propane or however you're boiling it 
you'll use a lot less fuel with the sweet maple than I mean, with the sugar maple than any other maple. Okay, got it. Thank you for that. Now, I know we talked about our maple syrup in depth here, which I'm really excited about. And obviously, most people are familiar with using maple syrup on pancakes and waffles, but we've talked about using it in drinks. And what are some other ways that you like to use the maple syrup? And I know we talked in the in past episode, which I'll make sure in the notes, guys, to link you to the episode Michelle was on previously, because she gets some great baking with maple syrup tips. But um, talk to me about using maple syrup in your food and your drinks and stuff just a little bit more. Yes. I share over 30 recipes in the book, and they're not all just sweet recipes. There's also savory recipes. Mm. I love using maple. I know. I love using it in the kitchen in every way. Basically, if it's a recipe that you would add brown sugar or refined sugar or any other sweetener honey, you can most likely substitute maple. And in my opinion, it usually turns out tastier. Um, So there's a lot of recipes in the book. I love it that it's a natural, simple syrup already. So it mixes beautifully in any drink with no problem. So I love making maple lemonade, delicious. And there's no worrying about, you know, dissolving the sugar in your drink if it's a cold drink um, because it's already a liquid. Um, And, oh, I love making kombucha with maple syrup. That's a huge love of mine. So talk to me about it because I am a kombucha fan like we I've always I've got continuous kombucha always brewing and I adore kombucha but I have not used maple syrup in it so are you doing it in the first ferment from the get-go are you doing it in the second ferment talk yeah talk me through this why would I not do it in both Melissa (laughs) I do it in both for sure (laughs) okay (laughs) now you do have to be careful you can't just you know take that continuous brew of yours and your next tea that you add to it use maple because you'll probably kill your scoby because it's used to whatever sugar you've been feeding it. So you can't just dramatically change it over, but you can do it gradually. I actually, I made a, I, I have a course available about how to make um, DIY, simple DIY kombucha. And it explains in detail. I have a chart in there of exactly how I did it. But the, the short story is you gradually decrease whatever you're currently feeding that Scoby as far as sugar source and increase in maple. And you do that over a long period of time so that your your SCOBY isn't shocked at all. And by the time you're up to feeding it pure maple, it it thrives and it does well on that. And then you now have first ferment kombucha that is fed solely with maple syrup. So all those wonderful properties we just talked about about maple syrup, it's now in your kombucha. And then I also use it in second ferment because then you really get the taste. If it's in your second ferment, that's where you you taste the maple more so than the first ferment. Okay. See, I had read conflicting things on using honey with your SCOBY because it might, you know, inhibit it or weaken it over time. And I haven't done enough of my own research or testing right. with the honey to know one way or the other. So I guess I just never even thought of trying the maple syrup because I was assuming in my mind that it might have the same possible negative effects on the long-term health of the SCOBY, but you've right. been really successful with the maple syrup and doing it. And you obviously haven't I have it been. as long as you did a slow transition, which I think I'm really glad that you brought that point up um, so that you don't kill your SCOBY off. Exactly. 
And, you know, it's not a big deal if you just have a small brew going, a batch brew on your counter, because you probably have a SCOBY hotel that you can just replace your SCOBY. So, you know, if you want to experiment, go for it. But with your continuous brew and that big, beautiful SCOBY you have in there, I don't want you to kill it. So take good care of it. Yeah, I don't either. Um, so but there, really there really isn't a lot out there. <laughs> there really isn't a lot out there that I could find about maple kombucha. So to be honest with you, I mean, it could be that I find out five years from now, oh, maybe I did. It took five years, but it killed my SCOBY. But so far, I've been doing this for years and it's my SCOBY is thriving and I love it. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about making kombucha homemade is because obviously you can choose the different, you know, you've got some different options on your teas that are going to give it a, a different flavor. Um, and then you can control right. how sweet you want it to be. I mean, there's lots of different factors that you can control, which I, apparently I'm a control freak because I make everything homemade, um, <laughs> mainly but for health and it's cheaper in most, in most aspects and it's healthier for you by far. Um, but a lot of the times it's because I want to control the outcome of, of what it tastes I'm like. so totally with you. I know I am a control freak. I and mean, everybody that loves me will tell you, yes, you are. Michelle is a control freak. <laughs> Yeah, but I yes. love the idea of doing that with the maple syrup so that you get that flavor in there. And I'm, and obviously, even if you don't want to transition it yet and you would like, maybe I want to, this is what I plan on doing is I'm going to try it in the second ferment to see how I like the flavor in it. And then I don't have to worry about right. killing my SCOBY, obviously, <laughs> at all in that second ferment. And I'm thinking I have an apple tea flavoring, some dehydrated apples and spices I put in for the second ferment. And I'm thinking it would complement mm -hmm. really well with that. So now, yeah. like, okay, apparently you just gave all of my beverages a makeover. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad I could do it. <laughs> Me too. I'm so excited. And I'm really, I'm really excited for your book coming out. And thank you so much for, I know as, as a fellow author, how much work and research goes into creating a book. I mean, months and years, oftentimes of experience and the actual research and the writing. So Thank you for sharing so much of that, of what's in the book with us today on the podcast. And then for people who are listening, who are like, I, you know, they want to get a copy of the book and check everything out. I know you have, I know I saw that you have some pretty cool uh, bonuses and different things for people when they purchase the book. So can you share a little bit of that with us? Yes. Thanks for asking. I actually get so excited talking about the maple syrup, but honestly, I'm not kidding. I forget to tell people about the bonuses. So I'm so glad you thought of it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, when I was on my final stages of getting the book out to the editor, it dawned on me that there's a lot of products I use either for making maple syrup or, or, you know, just baking with it that, I knew the readers would love to know about. So I actually just started making phone calls. I reached out to the different companies that make these different things that I love. And I was surprised at how many of them said, yeah, sure, we'd love to offer a coupon. So I just gathered this list and it turns out to be more than $75 worth of bonuses. Um, let's see, there's some, oh, there's some delicious tea, a loose leaf tea that is one of my absolute favorites. There's actually a choice the person, whoever's you know, choosing the coupons can choose from three different choices, but I love them all that are so deliciously complemented with maple syrup. There is a free, and this is the biggest value. If somebody is thinking about tapping a tree this year, I highly recommend taking advantage of this bonus. It's a $35 value. It's a free hydrometer, which is what you use to measure that sugar content 
you know, I told you that sugar maples have the highest sugar, but no matter what maple tree or any other tree you're using, you have to closely monitor as you're boiling it down until it gets to 66 bricks, B-R-I-X, which is basically saying it's a percentage of the sugar, that it's the right percentage of sugar to bottle it. And to know that, there's a few different tools you can use, but one of them that I love is this hydrometer. And you get it totally free if you purchase the book and you take advantage of the coupon. Wow. Um, I know. Isn't that awesome? I just, I was so happy. We talked a lot about the health benefits and the really cool properties of maple syrup. And obviously that there's different recipes in there and the tappable trees, but you actually walk through in the book, the process of how to tap the trees and make the maple syrup from the sap. I even walk you through the part that I hate, the cleanup (laughs) at the end of the season. (laughs) True story. I maybe shouldn't admit it, but true story. Last year, I believe we were about six weeks out from totally being done making the syrup before I even started to clean up because I just despise it. (laughs) So the bucket sat out in the barn (laughs) until I got to it. But I break down, have all kinds of tips for even the cleanup. But yes, from how to choose the right trees, to tapping, to boiling it, and the different products you can use as you're boiling it down, to how you filter it, to how you bottle it, and then to how you clean it all up when you're done. And with coupons to boot for some of the tools in order to do so. Exactly, because we all need some deals, am I right? Oh, yes. Homesteader, we are big on deals. We love love deals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So where can people go to obviously check out the book, uh, grab a copy, but more, I don't know that I should say most importantly, but where can they go to get these awesome coupons and bonuses that you just told us about? It's solely rested, my blog name, S-O-U-L-Y rested.com slash order. Okay. And basically right there, you're going to find everything you just asked me about. You're going to find the details about the bonuses, um, some snapshots inside the book, a whole bunch of reviews and what people have said about it. And then if you go to the very bottom of that page, there's a form that you can simply put your name, your email address, and your receipt number. So once you purchase the book, which you can do it on that page, or you can buy it at your local bookstore, wherever you get your hands on it, it doesn't matter. You're going to have a receipt number no matter how you purchase it. So you can go to the bottom of the page and type in your receipt number. And as soon as you click to redeem the bonuses, you will be sent all of that information. You'll have those coupons and you can start taking advantage of them immediately. Awesome. Okay. And guys, you know, I always have all the links to everything we talk about in the blog post that goes with the episode. So you'll be able to grab that link there as well. So Michelle, thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. I learned, I learned so much. I thought I actually knew quite a bit about maple syrup, honestly, from our our previous talk two years ago, but I learned a ton more and I'm so excited about everything that we learned health-wise with using the maple syrup alone. So thank you for coming on. Well, I'm so glad that you had me. Thanks a bunch because I love talking about this stuff. I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And I have to tell you, I went and put maple syrup in my coffee right after Michelle and I got done with this interview. And it is amazing. I really enjoyed it. I had never put maple syrup in my coffee before. So I felt like it was the perfect thing to do for fall. And I did put a sprinkle of 
ground cinnamon and nutmeg on the very top. Oh, and it was really good. So just thought I would share that with you. I think I'm going to go have another cup after I'm done recording this part for you as well. But I wanted to share with you the verse of the week. And so we are in Mark chapter four, verse 19. And this is the amplified translation of the Bible. Then the cares and anxieties of the world and distractions of the age and the pleasure and delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word and it becomes fruitless. And I think in this modern age, though a lot of these things, God's word doesn't ever change and it doesn't ever grow old or outdated. I mean, cares, anxieties, the distractions of whatever age it is when you're reading this, they've always existed throughout humanity and as we go back through time. But especially in this day and age when we have the beauty, and there is a lot of beauty of the internet and all of the new things that we have technology-wise. Like I said, you like I get to share with you, I'm in your earbuds perhaps right now if you're listening to this on a mobile device, but I get to talk with you and share all of this amazing information. And I'm also a podcast listener. I listen to podcasts and I have gleaned and learned so much. And so I think there can be many, many blessings in this time that we live in. But we do have to be careful because there is so many things that can distract us. I'm putting quote marks around it, good things. And I hate to label things because while there are some things that are definitely... (laughs) I would consider them bad. There can be a lot of things that can go good or bad if we give them too much of an importance or they start to take over our lives in an obsessive or having negative consequence type way. And so I wanted to share this verse with you because it was a reminder to myself. And this was actually the notes that I wrote on it. Uh, And it's kind of a little prayer. So I'm going to say it for myself. And perhaps you need to hear this one today as well. And it's, Lord, don't let me become distracted, nor let your word be choked or suffocated. Help me to be fruitful for you. I hope that you enjoyed this episode, and I will be back here with you next week. If you're not subscribed, please do hit subscribe. And if you thought this information was as exciting, I kind of geek out about this stuff. Like, I'll be honest. And if you're listening to this, you probably do too. And if you learn something new that you didn't know before, or you know somebody that would really benefit from it, please do share this podcast episode with them. You can usually do it depending on what app you're using. You can just hit share, or you can always share the blog post with them online, Instagram it or Facebook, whatever social media place you're at, or you can just give them the link to my website for this episode. But I think it's so important that we share and we get this type of information out. And so thank you so much for being a part of that. Okay. I'll be back here with you next week. Until then, enjoy that maple syrup. Mm -hmm.